Well, hello, everybody. This is Tim Marr, and this is Failing Up. Thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful musical introduction. There's Jungle Jim way over there in the corner on that beautiful synthesizer, just cranking out that electric music, his own composition. really sets the tone for the show. What a talented individual. That's right. I'm recording this podcast in the basement studio located on the shores of the Seneca River leading up to the Great Lake of Ontario which flows to the right through the mighty St. Lawrence Seaway past 1,000 islands out into the Atlantic Ocean. Or if you make a left, you're going to find yourself heading right off towards Toronto. If you go a little north, a little south of Niagara Falls, right over a falls in a barrel. Either way, you're going to see the Great Lakes, you're going to get wet, or you're going to see this beautiful Thousand Islands, just a great, great area here. Although, I must say, currently, here in upstate New York, on the shores of the Seneca River, we have a, a gray, snowy, springy day here. So it's kind of a... You know, it doesn't really look like spring. It looks more like November in that happens here, which leads for these kind of uh, laid-back comfort food Sundays. You know, part of me likes these laid-back comfort food Sundays because we're in the Northeast, unlike if you're in areas with, you know, where there's constant uh, nice weather where you obligated to exercise. Here, I don't have an issue on a on a cold, dreary uh, comfort food Sunday, just laying on the couch eating things I'm not supposed to and watching multitudes of television shows binge i just binge on everything binge on the food binge on the tv don't binge on the exercise that's how it works here in the northeast on a wintry spring day what a week what a week oh my gosh phew what a week i can't keep up with everything that's happening i just can't keep up with i i love the news i love to watch the news i've always loved to watch the news but it just seems that this week, kicking off last Sunday into today, it is harder to watch the news, but it is more necessary than ever to watch the news because there is so much to be aware of. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you start last Sunday with the infamous Will Smith slap of Chris Rock, which just kind of, you know, makes the abnormal the normal. I mean, I think, I think Congress has lowered the bar on what's norm. Now, you know, uh, Will Smith has lowered the bar. And what's Norm at the Academy Awards? <clears throat> I think the Grammys are tonight. What's going to go on in there? We need the Who back. The Who can start, you know, smashing people with their guitars. And then we get into this war. This this, this just horrible, horrible war. You know, we're, we're you know, every, all these Russian soldiers are being lied to and, and Putin's being lied to. Everybody, But at the end of the day is... You know, you see these news stories where kids in the hospital screaming out for their parents, you know, on tubes and IVs and transfusions and dead people in the road. and Just, I mean, towns and villages and cities just totally annihilated, wiped right out. You know, it's really, it's just hard to fathom that, just totally wiped out everything. Years and years of life and history and tradition, just bam. Like a bad kid with firecrackers blowing up his matchbox car. Her matchbox car, your sister's Bob, Barbie dollhouse. So these aren't dollhouses. These are people's homes and these are lives. You just see it, you know. You know, with the overlap and just all this stuff going on. The whole Everything's flipping upside down, you know. And there, there's always positive. There's always positive. Hey, there's always positives. There's always positives. You know, we're going through the nomination process for a new Supreme Court justice, which is exciting. Not only a new Supreme Court justice, but the first ever 
uh, African-American female Supreme Court Justice, Kananja Brown-Jackson. How exciting is that? And yet the Republicans want to block it. But she's going to get in, and she'll make history, and how exciting is that? In the meantime, Clarence Thomas's wife is compromising him, not in the way that he would like to be compromised. Remember how we tried to get compromised with Anita Hill about 30 years ago? Well, his wife is not compromising him in that way. She's compromising him in a professional way because of her stances, her stance. Oh, hey, Sarah Palin is going to get back into politics. Yeah, that, that's how screwed up Congress is, where someone like Sarah Palin can come in and almost look normal. You, know, you put Sarah Palin in there and things look normal. And, of course, there's seven minutes of, uh, seven hours, seven minutes, seven hours of missing phone records in the White House during January 6th. I mean, that makes the Nixon tapes look like nothing. Seven hours. And they were using burner phones. Come on, man, do the math. Just do the math. It's like a bad Sopranos episode, you know. Even Tony Soprano would have done a better job than that. So that's where we are this week. But, hey, spring is coming. Baseball's kicking off. Uh, but a world is in, a world is in, you know, despair. Did you ever wonder, you know, you ever say, you know, things will be okay, we're in good, we're in good hands. Things are going to be okay, we're in good hands. I'm just wondering, where are those good hands these days? Where are those good hands? i got to have myself a Diet Coke. But as I grab the Sunday paper, because it's Sunday, and I love the Sunday paper, I just kind of go through some of the nation in the world. Of course, uh, you know, Will Smith and... Um, Will Smith is right up there. It's his career. Who knows what he'll do his career. It's not going to boost his career, that's for sure. Uh, I think the Fresh Prince has just became stale, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you got the presidential records. And, oh, it's an eight-hour gap. Sorry, I thought it was seven hours. It's an eight-hour gap. You know, the President of the United States dedicated, rededicated a submarine in Delaware yesterday, and his son's got it. You know, son's up in problems and fuel prices or fuel prices. Boy, then it come to the obituaries. You know, now that you're not at my age, I'm 63 years old. 63 years old. I look right here. There's somebody who's 63 years old. You know, when you look at the obituaries and you're 63 years old, I realize I'm in the window. I'm in the window. My name could be in an obituary, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be unusual at 63 years old. You know, my God, here's somebody who's even younger than 63 years old. I'm in, usually you think of me in the 50s, but when you're in the when you're in the 60s, um, uh, you know, 63 years old, I'm in the window. I'm in the window. What does that mean to be in the window? I don't know. I've never been in the window before, so I really don't know. I mean, I guess I wouldn't want to in the window. I mean, what does that mean to be, you know, in the window? I've never really been in the window before. But yes, here I am. I am right in the middle of things, smack dab in the window of it all. Right in the window of it all. And um, what does that mean? Whew. It means I forget my age all the time. I'm just constantly forgetting my age. Uh, and as a result of that, I don't know. Um, you know I really don't know. Uh, what that means if you're, you know, always forgetting your age. But I, but I feel like, 
you know, 63 years old, they say, well, there's a lot more left behind the cart than there is in front of the cart. But then I look at people like, um, you know, Mick Jagger and and these guys who um, who are still really, you know, who are still really going strong and still moving along. And I'm thinking to myself, it's kind of creepy to think, you know, you're you're at this point, and you know, when you're young, you feel as if nothing can go wrong. You know, nothing can go wrong when you're young. But now all of a sudden, I'm older, and uh, that seems to change. I mean, first of all, everybody thinks you're wise when you're older, and you feel this pressure to be wise. You feel pressure that, geez, you know, I better come up with some profound statement because I'm this old and I might be dying soon. And if you don't come up with a profound statement, they're going to say, well, that guy, what what the hell did you do for the last 60 odd years? And then the course of the conversation, things that you would never talk about, you know, things you would never talk about, you know, in your, your earlier years, all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about colonoscopies and things getting scraped off your feet. And, uh, uh, you know, geez, I, I, can't, I can't jump anymore or or, uh, you know, flatulence, or you're noticing the commercials with with Depends Underwear, all these things that, that when you get to be this age, kind of like, huh, am I that bad? You know, or somebody would tell you, you better start watching your diet. You know, I'm 63 years old. Now I'm going to start watching my diet? I don't know about that. You know, living a little healthier at 63. But then I look at the obituaries and I see these, you know, people are dying you know, at this age, you know, it's, you don't bank on making it to 80 or 80. When like to make it, I don't, I don't have that type of family history. So I got to think to myself, huh, you know, I could go any day now. This could be it. You know, is that a twitch? Is that a sore arm? What the heck's going on? You know, I remember when I was younger, you know, driving 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle, half blitzed, you know, going on bikes without helmets and all the other things we did. You know, now all of a sudden, you know, when you're 63, you kind of, you know, be careful, be careful, you know, watch that step. I think if people always said that to me when I was 23, I'd probably gotten injured all the time. You know, I did get injured a lot, but I've gotten injured all the time. Oh, and another pressure when you get to be like 63 years old, you know, uh, the drive through people treat you differently, you know. They're much more polite to you, but they're also kind of um, a little condescending. Like, oh, hi, how are you? They they flirt with you in a way that they know nothing's going to happen unless you're a dirty old man. But it's like they're talking to their grandpa. Oh, sir, you get the senior's discount. Now you have a great day. And, they're, and they feel comfortable calling you hun. Okay, hun. Hi, hun. Are you warm, hon? Do you want that? Do you want the coffee warmed up? Are you warm, hon? And that um, that's really uh, that's really all the things. But then I then I crank open the obituaries and say, oh my god, that guy was my age. I mean, there was a time where I would open the obituaries unless it was a tragic, a horrible tragedy, and those occurred, and those have occurred. You know, very seldom did you see anybody this in my younger age in, in an obituary. And even 50s. And I was, and, you know, and then I'm watching some of these TV shows. I was watching Chicago PD, binge watching Chicago PD on a lousy day. And this guy was, you know, uh, supposedly CIA murdered in his car. He's in the car for a week and they came upon him and they pulled him out. And, and so it looks like he's about 51. I said, 51? The guy's like 70. I'm 10 years older than him. You got to be kidding me. You know. You're not supposed to act like that. You don't, you know, at, at 63, you shouldn't be wearing jerseys anymore. Well, screw you. You know, 60, watch your mouth. You're 63 years old. You know. 
But then you start thinking, hmm, what haven't I done? Or what didn't I finish that I got to get done? You know, I feel really fortunate that I was able to do a lot of things. I, didn't do, I did a lot of things not very well, but I was able to experience a lot of things. And now I'm at a point, you know, where um, nothing can really rattle me because like the worst things that could happen, not, I don't want to say the worst, because there are things that are just horrible in a person's life, and I wouldn't even bring those up. There are the unbearable tragedies that happen, but there's been tragedy, uh, loss, you know, all kinds of loss, you know, political maneuverings and positions and all that. It's all happened, you know. So it's kind of like in this stage in your life, if you're in a position, you know, if you're in a place and all that stuff's kind of going on, you're just like, oh, here we go. You know, all right. Okay, let me know how it turns out. Let me know who, how, you know, because, you know, I I can collect Social Security. I can get another job. There's a great book, How Starbucks Changed My Life. I can't remember the author, but he was 60 years old, and he got screwed over at work. I mean, he kind of screwed up his whole life at 60 years old, but then he, he was saved at Starbucks, and it's how Starbucks actually, um, uh, by working there, it actually uh, changed him and brought, brought perspective into his life in a way that um, uh, is uh, was life-changing. And um, it's a moving book, but it's a moving book where we look at our priorities. Um, what's really important? You know, I, I think the greatest gift I had was becoming a father later in life. I guess it's, well, maybe it's not considered, but I was in my, you know, four, I was 40, three when we had our first son. I'm so grateful that I was 43 and we, you know, that age, maybe a little bit better, but because I really appreciated the fact that, you know, first of all, I was kind of more in a career where if I had gotten married young and had a kid young, who knows what would have happened. But I was also able to really appreciate and, and just absorb every experience, every opportunity of being a father, you know, from you know, Halloween to holidays, to loading them in the cars, to getting them to the daycare, to sitting through, you know, the school musicals, to going on vacations to Disney World, to being the coach on their teams and watching playing other teams and get mad if they're not doing, you know, the coaches are screwing them over. You feel all that stuff. Uh, and I think it was just a perfect age to be doing that, you know. What do I know? You know, but at 63, you know, my highlight is a colonoscopy. I love going to get the colonoscopy. I hate the prep, but I love the colonoscopy. At 63, you know, I'm still younger than the president, but at 63, you know, you appreciate the world more, I think, at 63. And it becomes less, you know, less about me. Um, uh, uh, and that that's really, uh, really important. Um Um, so I, you know, it just kind of causes, um, reflection, you know, and, um, and all these things that are happening right now, you know, you see this horrors of war. I'm just rambling today. I'm just rambling. These are all things that came into the news and I'm just rambling. That's the kind of Sunday it is. It's a rambling kind of Sunday afternoon up here in the Northeast, you know, to, to get people thinking at the end of the day, I guess if I was going to put anything on this podcast, it will be a podcast of gratitude, you know, to be grateful, just to be grateful, man. I mean, if you are fortunate enough and talented enough 
to be recognized for your work, i.e. an Academy Award, you should be humble enough to understand how to receive that award and you should be thick-skinned enough to know you work in the entertainment industry. And to have healthy children, to have all this, and to live in a country where we're semi-safe from having our towns just blown away and annihilated is something to be grateful for. You know, having a purpose is something to be grateful for. Eating something that's not crawling out of a garbage can is something to be grateful for. And maybe that's what this is about. Maybe it's all about gratitude. Maybe this is what popped in my head on Sunday night because I'm 63 years old reading the obituary. I kind of hope, I got it right out because I hope they put a better picture of me in the obituary. And I, you know, I want an open coffin. So I hope I got to figure, I got to figure, I got to figure all that stuff out. Because you only get one shot at that, you know, one good suit, one good turtleneck, one good luck, you know, because everybody, that's how they're going to remember you. Oh, he looked so good. They did, they did a great job on him. He looked great. He looked dead. I have yet to see somebody who looks good in the coffin. But in any event, that's my ramp on reminiscing. That's my ramp on rant on uh, where I'm at. I think I'm just going to call this the rant of a 60-year-old, 63-year-old lunatic. Reflections of a 63-year-old lunatic who got a tattoo at 60. That's right. So this is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. I take it away, Jungle Jim. <laughs>